Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake on assignment. BJ Shea is not here. No. But running the boards is Joey D. It's okay. I'm here, Rev. Thank you very much. Hey. On today's show, we will talk Star Wars. We will also talk about what we're doing while we're stuck at home. I will give a review of some really cool pre-painted miniatures for Dungeons & Dragons. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjkignition.com. Yeah. Let's get out of our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just look up BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, app, and iTunes, and you'll find us. Yeah, exactly. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, Thanks for giving us feedback. If you can do so, give us a five-star review or give us a review. Let us know what's going on in your life as well. Shoot us a message via social media. Uh, Trying to have a lot of fun out there and trying to figure out some of the fun stuff to do. And it's it's getting kind of hard sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm working on more projects, but I'm not finishing any, any of them. This is kind of your MO when it comes down to stuff. Uh, not on purpose. It just uh, <laughs> depends if I took my ADD medication oh, or not. Geez. So what have you been working on? Like, what are some of the things that you've started but haven't quite finished? Uh, I decided to buy a bunch of air dry clay. Okay. And I started making little Day of the Dead, like, figurines and, like, little decorations. So I'm making basically tiny little, you know, tamales and ear of corn and, like, conchas, <laughs> like, little, like, you know, sweetbread things and little skulls. Because I decided to have, like, a Day of the Dead themed wall in my house. Oh, wow. Okay. So I have a lot of artwork and such. But I'm like, oh, I want the frames to be a little cuter. And I found these pieces online. And then I thought, well, I can make it. So I have been, and it actually hasn't been too bad, and it's pretty soothing. But again, time, it's like, well, I could have cleaned the bathroom with the amount of time that it took me to do these. You don't need to clean the bathroom. You don't need to worry about that. No one's coming over. You don't need to hang out or, you know, cut your hair or change your pajamas or do any of those things. But then I feel like more of a swamp monster. So I'm like, at least I have to clean the bathroom. Um on top of that, I decided I wanted to sew my own mask because I had some cool fabric. Oh, cool. But I don't have a sewing machine, oh. nor do I know how to use a sewing machine. Wait. And, like, the roommate has one, my mom has one, but I don't, and I don't so, remember how to use oh, one. So now you're learning how to use a sewing machine, right? No, I'm doing it by hand. Uh, whoa. It's oh. taking me longer, and I'm being impatient, so my stitches are a little <laughs> off. To YouTube. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, yeah. Learning a lot of things about YouTube, I mm-hmm. all, I almost, I mean, I watched the YouTube video about making a garden box at home, and I was like, I should get the wood for this. And then uh, I was uh, told that this would be a solo project. Uh, the <laughs> wife is not quite interested in uh, making or growing vegetables or making a box to house them in. So I was like, well, that would be a fun type of idea. It's a lot of work and money to go in to save yourself three bucks at the grocery store. Yeah. But it seems kind of fun. It, it does look Ish. like fun. I, we're actually going to make some, too, at some point. Um, but I don't know what we're growing yet. <laughs> All those hearty ones. Yes. Joe, have you been doing anything? I've become a math nerd. Uh, a math I nerd? I know. It's weird, right? Like, I love playing poker. Okay, yeah. And mm-hmm. 
the mathematics in poker has really become incredible in the last 10 years in terms of the development of the game and how people approach the game. And, well, you know, I usually just play for fun. Yeah. So I, you know, just been bored and been reading some books and studying online and learning, you know, charts and tables about hands and all that stuff. So I've literally just become a math nerd. <laughs> no. So you're, you're gearing up, like we talked about on Friday, once you get back to Vegas, you're going to win the, the big bucks, huh? That's going to be the attempt. I'm no rocket scientist. <laughs> I'm not doing anything, you know, crazy, but just some basic probability and stuff like that. And that's one of those interesting things, too, because a lot of times that people, especially, you know, back in the day, would, when they're playing poker, it's like, oh, you need to have an intuition or you need to have a gut feeling. And you do need to have a little bit of that. You need to be able to read a person, but there are people who who can't read another person, but they can just rattle off the probabilities in their brain of like, okay, well, you need to be able to get one or two or three certain cards, or these are the only ways they're going to beat me. This percentage readout is going to be this much, so I think that I can bet this. And it's kind of crazy to see the game like that evolve. Yeah, the game theory is crazy. I mean, computers—that's the big mm-hmm. thing. They—they, they, I mean, they break down those probabilities really fast, and they kind of understand exactly how to get the correct equity out of you know certain hands. And some games are more solved than others, but you know, applying that into actual situations is really difficult and fascinating because people themselves, like when once money gets on the line. They just break down. Yeah. It's the emotion that gets into something as well, too. It's like, especially if maybe you just got hit with a bad beat, because no matter how much the probability, even if there is a 99% chance of you winning, there's still that one. And I've seen it at the poker table. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen people lose 0.00%, you know, 1% chances of winning hands on live stages for millions of dollars. And it's just one of those, well... He didn't have a 0%, so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah, other than that, I'm a gamer. So this is like my lifestyle half the time anyways when I'm not busy. You know, I'll be like just calling up friends and gaming. So, you know, yeah. I stay busy anyways. <laughs> and that's like it's uh, being a gamer as well, just kind of on a different aspect on that right now. But still, you know, dealing with math uh, is Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yeah. And I've talked about how I've been running my Dungeons & Dragons Eberron game. And I finally have learned Roll20. Uh, which is the online app, Roll20.net, is the way to uh, run games over virtual tabletops. And I finally figured it out just enough that we're going to be finally running the game through that. Because the last time I did it, it was a no-combat session, uh, so we didn't have to really worry about anything. I was just like, well, you're going to go do this and this, and I'll just let you guys can just roll, uh, and we'll go on the honor system. I trust all of my players at this point in time. Um, but I've used Roll20 in the past. I've just never been the dungeon master. Oh. So I've been working on my campaign, getting it set up, and now I've got this big battle that has come to a head for my group. And it's a really epic, massive battle. The problem being is that I don't know or didn't know the ins and outs of uh, Roll20 as a DM. Now that I've figured that out enough, we're going to try and hit it, make it happen. And uh, through through D&D Beyond, which is how I use a lot of my stuff with them, uh, and Dungeons and & Dragons and Wizards of the Coast, they're putting out a lot of resources right now to help facilitate people being able to play online. And uh, it w- it's just been great. Like, it's been able to scratch that itch 
and get that get my mind off of you know what's going on here by dealing with all of the craziness and all the weird intricate plots that are going on in my Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, and it's like one of the cool things you can play on like any of those uh, discords or zooms or anything like exactly. that because you can screen share so they can see what you're presenting them and everyone can see the same thing. Oh, that is a good call too. Yeah, yeah, and it's like even ooh yeah, I can even do some more stuff with that as well because one of the things that I've gotten the most stoked about and this is for like when I we can finally lift a little bit of the orders and I can have my D&D group come to my house which if you don't know I have a steampunk bar at home and mm-hmm. it fits in with Eberron perfectly because it's basically steampunk but instead of steam it's magic and so they've got airships and all this ridiculous stuff so it's kind of fun to have this tavern type setting that is steampunk and I recently picked up because my birthday was last week I picked up, and my wife, who is super awesome, got me pre-painted Eberron miniatures. Awesome. Yes, that came from WizKids. And, oh, these are beautiful. First off, they've got a ton of them. So for different uh, sets, they have a whole bunch of different ones. So you can go and you can go to WizKids.com and check out the specific ones. But I wanted to get a bunch of the Eberron ones because it made sense for the, the, the journey that we're going with in my game. And with the campaign... It is, you need an airship. And of course, they got this giant airship. I've posted some pictures on the, the, the Reverend and Fuego fan pages and stuff like that, so you can check them out. Oh, this thing is super cool, and I didn't have to paint it, which was amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's the toughest part about miniatures is when you get them and you're like, okay, I'm going to try to paint this. And then the one mistake, and you're like, no. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It's, and anyone who's ever painted miniatures, it's it's a practice makes perfect. But there's just going to be sometimes where you're trying to give, like, pupils on a little tiny miniature's eyeballs. And suddenly they're like, one's looking one way and one's looking the other <laughs> way. And you're like, this miniature just looks goofy. Right? For all time. And then you're super gluing them together and you super glue a hand to a head and then the head to your hand yeah. and then your hand to your hand and you're like, I've super glued myself <laughs> I have, to myself. I have done that a lot. Like I used to play Blood Bowl, which is fantasy miniatures and football. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, it, there's been times where I've glued my fingers to the miniature base, and now, ooh, yeah, it's yeah, time to get a new miniature base. But I've seen that airship, and it looks incredible. Right, right. So that's one of them. But now, for what WizKids is doing and has done for Eb- Eberron, uh, a bunch of different ca- uh, figures from uh, Rising of the Last War, which is the newest, uh, and this is a newest set of randomly inserted monsters and races from the D and D miniatures icons of the realms. There's 44 in this set. They're kind of like, um, not necessarily Funko Pops, but more along the lines of magic cards in terms of when you open, when you get a booster box, they will be uh, three random miniature, well, four total. So there'll be one big one and then three smaller ones. And it just really kind of depends on the rarity. They can kind of be all over the place. There are rarities. So this is kind of how they're going to get you in terms of wanting to get more and I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe I could just like trade some of these off. But it's like, no, it's kind of nice to have a couple of extra ones. So you can go and you can look at uh, the list of those. Uh, Wizkids.com, W-I-Z-K-I-D-S.com. Uh, and you can find all of them. This is going to be kind of my new obsession, I really think. Uh, I want to build up my miniatures. And this is a good way to do it. I've been checking eBay as well because a lot of times there'll be like lots of just a giant amount of either pre-painted or uh, just uh, something along these lines. They'll have a bunch of them where I can get the specific ones that I need. Oh, man. When we went to Flying Frog Games, 
they had all of their miniatures painted for their games that they had done professionally. And they're like pretty much only for some of their games. They had specific ones made. They are incredible. Oh, they're so beautiful. I can't imagine like what your collection is going to look like <laughs> after like a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's so funny because when you get into like the storage of them, uh, I need to get either a tackle box or literally just like a toolbox because they're just the best ways to house these minis a lot of the times. And I had to ask my wife for one of her makeup cases. Oh, yes, that makes <laughs> so, sense. Yeah, actually. I was like, can I get that? And she was like, yeah, let me wash out the glitter first. I'm like, thank you very much. I don't need glitter on my guys. Yeah, that, that's going to spread. Even though one of my minis is actually literally a sparkle pony. <laughs> like one of the rare ones is a sparkling pony. So, you know, hey. <laughs> Moving on from that and talking a little bit about Star Wars. I don't know if you knew this, but Taika Waititi is going to direct a new Star Wars movie for theatrical release. Awesome. Yes, which he is co-writing with 1917 scribe Christy Wilson Cairns, and they announced this last week. And they also actually confirmed that there's going to be a new untitled Star Wars TV series in works at Disney Plus from the Russian doll direct uh, creator Leslie Headland. So a couple of things going on. Um, the film news affirms reports that the fir- uh, that first broke out in January that Watiti is directing or developing this movie on the heels of his well-received work on the season finale of the hit Disney Plus Star Wars series The Mandalorian. If you didn't know, he directed the last one of that. He was also the voice of the bounty hunter robot IG-11. Yes, something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. And he was fantastic. Yep. It is unclear uh, if his film will be one of the three untitled Star Wars movies dated for December 20, uh, of 2022, 24, and 26, or if it's a separate project. And we don't really know exactly what's going to be going on in terms of movies getting made in the future. Uh, once everybody figures that sort of thing out, we'll get more details on that. But this this project is the first official Star Wars feature film to be confirmed after Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss walked away from their deal last October to make movies. So we'll have to see what's going on with that. But... Taika is also set to direct Thor Love and Thunder for Disney Marvel Studios, so we might have to wait till that gets done, and then we'll get into it. But if you haven't watched Taika Waititi films, um, Thor Ragnarok is one of the ones you're going to know the most of. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is a great vampire one. He's got a couple of other ones. Jojo Rabbit yeah. was a, is one that I haven't seen yet, but I definitely want to see. And he's got a couple of other indie films that are just really heartwarming things. So this is this is some stuff that's actually I'm really looking forward to. He is like the embodiment of like a wholesome meme. Yeah. I feel like that's just the vibe I get off. Like there there's this one picture of I think when they were doing uh Thor Ragnarok where it's him, Tom Hiddleston and uh Chris Hemsworth and they're all taking a nap together. <laughs> but they're legitimately <laughs> taking a nap together. They just Cuddle super- puddle. Yeah, and like I love the idea of like n- like what non-toxic masculinity looks like. They were not afraid to just kind of take a nap together. And I love that Mark Ruffalo was the one who took the picture. So it was like, (laughs) hey, I'm going to post this like a dad on Facebooks. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Other Star Wars news, but on the video game front, uh, uh, EA CEO Andrew Wilson confirmed that Star Wars Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be the start of a new franchise, which means that there may be more games, including Jedi Fallen Order 2. Kind of exciting on that. I haven't played it yet. I need to get it. 
Yeah, I was also supposed to get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've been uh, I've been playing uh, Last of Us uh, because I'm getting ready for Last of Us Two, but I really want to get into playing uh, the Fallen Order as well. Like, well, I luckily you got play. a lot of time, Rev. Yeah, I know, I know. So yeah, basically during an investor call last year, the CFO Blake Jorgensen said that Jedi Fallen Order had significantly beat our expectations, and it was expected to sell 10 million units. Damn. Now, if you don't know what Jedi Fallen Order is, it stars a brand new character named Cal Kestis, a former Jedi Padawan in hiding after Order 66 killed most of the Jedis in the galaxy. The game is a part of the official Star Wars canon and includes characters from other Star Wars medias like the Second Sister. So there's plenty of uh, room to play around with that. And uh, since last week was May the 4th, uh, the wife and I, I decided that we were going to watch um, Star Wars, uh, the entire franchise, chronologically. So one through nine. One, well, one through nine, yes, but also including uh, the animated stuff. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so we've started. We started with The Phantom Menace, which is rough. <laughs> I've realized that the movie isn't terrible. Um, the problem... And everyone says it is Jar Jar Binks. And it's not the fact that he's in it. He's just in it so much. (laughs) And his comic relief does nothing. Once he is arrested by the Gungans when they go into the city, I felt that if he was, if he just stayed arrested and Qui Gon and Obi Wan didn't pick him up and bring him along with, it would have been way more acceptable because he doesn't add anything. Like, even if he was the goofy, you know, dummy who still got his head, like, stuck in the little thing that made him go numb, you know, and he was just like, <laughs> around a little bit. And the like, thought racing scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if he would have been able to do something or have some moment where he was actually useful at any point. I would have been able to be like, okay, fine. Yeah, they really had an awkward like tension in that movie between wanting to be like political and more adult and then also wanting to be really dorky and childish. Yeah. And Jar Jar just on the screen, you were like, well, I mean, I get why he's there, but I don't like it, you know, like for me, the kind of a thing. Because when I was a kid, apparently I loved it. I don't remember that, but apparently <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> well, that's the one thing that BJ will always be saying, by the way, uh, yes. is that uh, you love Jar Jar. And you know what? I'm sure kids love it. I just, I was not impressed with Jar Jar uh, and so much that, you know, the outcry came that uh, in uh, Attack of the Clones, the second movie, uh, he was uh, in very few scenes. Yeah, definitely. I think he was like in a political scene once. Yeah, something not that big. I think it was like uh, Amidala needed to run away, so he became the galactic senator. Representative, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the representative on that. So it was like one of those just kind of small things. And then the third movie, uh, Revenge of the Sith, he uh, has the the big point where he's the one that gives Palpatine all of the power, which a lot of people have speculated for years online that uh, Jar Jar Binks was a hidden Sith. Oh, I've seen so many of those memes. And I almost kind of would subscribe to to it, uh, just like maybe after the first movie, when he finally becomes the representative in the second one, that Palpatine gets his uh, his little meaty claws in there. <laughs> because I've realized watching, uh, we haven't watched the third movie yet because now we're into the Clone Wars. So we watched the second movie, which Attack of the Clones is long. It's It feels long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes, but it feels like four hours of a movie. 
where you're just going through and you're like, oh, yeah, we still have to get to this point. And, like, there's so many things that have to be hit. And you're like, oh, yeah. And he also, I mean, he's a whiny teenager. And I don't want to watch a movie with a whiny teenager. And, and we've had so many good detective stories in the last, what, 15, 20 years since that movie's come out. When you watch Qui-Gon Jinn and all those people try to solve a mystery or what? It wasn't even quite as Obi-Wan, yeah, right? Obi-Wan Obi and Anwen yeah. try to solve a mystery of the Clone Wars. You're like... Man, guys, couldn't think of a quicker, more efficient way to do this, huh? Yeah, yeah. And just nope. like there's a couple things where I'm just like, wait, is that? And then it gets into the the nitpicky Star Wars fan, which I don't I don't want to be. Even yeah. yet here I am doing it. So it was kind of sad watching the first two movies. And then we ended up watching uh, The Clone Wars, uh, the animated one, the movie first. And uh, just watching that and seeing uh, Ahsoka Tano, Asaka Tano. It's kind of hard to pronounce, but mm-hmm. uh, like her in that movie was a little bit goofy, um, but the movie was pretty good. Like it was for Cartoon Network. It's it runs about I think eighty eight minutes or like ninety minutes, a pretty short movie, and just being able to get to a bunch of action was really fun. So we decided, oh yeah, well let's go with the series now. There's seven seasons of the series, Ooh. and it just wrapped up. And every, I've seen online that a lot of people are really happy with how it ended. And some people, obviously, are going to be nitpicky. But having watched the first four or five episodes of the first season, we're in. It's They're, they're bite-sized in terms of uh, normal, like, a half-hour episode going between, you know, 22 to 27 minutes so far. And they're just keeping it up with a very tight, linear storyline, at least starting off. So once an episode ends, it'll go right to another part of what's going on right after that or right around the same time. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it's showing it's showing uh, Anakin as a – it humanizes him a lot. He's not a whiny teenager, and he's not the angry ball of whatever the hell he was in the third episode. You're getting to that point. And the fact that he has to have a uh, a Padawan with him, which is uh, Tano, th- it, it, it gives him that sort of like, okay, he's trying to be a mentor. He's trying to do the good things, but you can see the dark side in him because the dark side in the Sith is all about passion. And he's doing a lot of things outside of the realm of what the, the Jedi Order would want him to do, but he's still doing it under the auspices of being good and trying to save people. Yeah, and that's where they did Kylo Ren so much better than yeah. Anakin. Like, they're very similar, you know, they're similar characters. Star Wars characters are usually very defined and very polarized because they need to be. They're, it is kind of not, it's not a kid's movie or show or anything like that, but they want the kids to be able to understand what's going on. And Anakin was just, like you said, whiny and. You know, his problems just seemed like they never ended despite him being super powerful. Well, Kylo Ren really felt more alone and trapped and more humanized, at least after the first movie. Yeah. I thought they did a good job with that. But yeah, I've heard the same thing about The Clone Wars. Uh, a lot of episodes, but if you like that kind of, uh, the, the, if you can get by the animation style, because that is kind of a blocker for some people. Because again, that's the whole thing. If you've never watched animation before, you mm-hmm. know, and you watch it on screen, sometimes it can be a little jarring. It is. and it, But just like as long as you're able to get past that, and if you can't, I understand because it is a bit weird and it's kind of blocky. And like even like Count Dooku looks a little weird, and Yoda looks super strange. Yeah, but I always tell people go watch a Lego movie first, <laughs> and like honestly, you'll be like, oh, okay, I can kind of get by it now. Actually, yeah, yeah, that helps out a lot because the because like Star Wars has a little less humor in it, I would say, than like those Lego movies did. But man, I mean, the, they have so much more time. You know, they can really uh-huh. develop the characters and the storyline and tell something more than just a two-hour movie. And this was made for Cartoon Network, which means it's, you know, 
technically for kids or, you know, young adults, I would say maybe at that point. Yeah. But there's still some juvenile humor, not terrible um, in terms of just like, oh, all fart jokes or anything like that. But they'll have like, everybody will have like a one-liner when something happens, but it's fun. Yeah, and you can like you can do kid, not even kids shows, but kids shows with kids in them that mm-hmm. are very very good. Like Stranger Things, it's a great example. Like, yeah, that show should be just for children if you think about it, because it's for kids, you know, that are what below the ages of twelve, really. <laughs> but you watch it and you go, this is a really great mix of what it is to grow up as yeah. you know a kid like that. So and so yeah, so that's what we're be, what we've been doing, uh, especially with the Star Wars things. I, I don't know if we're like I don't know if uh, the wife's going to be all in on continuing to watch the entire series. Uh, it might just. Be be one of those things where I just kind of watch off to the side as we continue and progress with episode three and onward. Um, but even with that, I we're not going to hit episode. Oh, we are going to do episode three after we finish that, and then we're going to hit. Uh, I know Star Wars Rebels is somewhere around in there as well. After that, uh, at some point in time, and then we still have to hit uh, Solo. Oh no, Rogue One. Then Solo. No, Solo, and then Rogue One. That sounds about right. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole list I found online. I found an article to run it through, and I probably should have pulled it up here to talk about it. But mm. I just want to talk about Star Wars. You got some things on the agenda, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nothing but Star Wars. Okay, we're not going to be singing anymore. Uh, but now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Well, it's been a while since I shared a decent amount of memes with you guys. Oh, here come the memes. Meme queen. Meme queen. Uh, this one I really love. It's from someone called The Bibliosphere on uh, Tumblr. And uh, I love this. It's kind of like a whole crazy roller coaster ride. So bear with me. All right. <clears throat> I took my meds too close to bedtime again. And I need you to know the dream I had last night involved Robin Williams becoming the new defense against the arts teacher at Hogwarts. So not a character portrayed by Robin Williams, just Robin Williams as himself running around Hogwarts doing wandless magic and being as loud and big as possible because, and I quote, before I forget, listen, children, I'm not saying all this bad S that is happening isn't scary and you shouldn't be concerned because you should, but I'm telling you this now for free. Life is a Bogart and it's the biggest Bogart of them all. You never know what is going to, what is going to look like one moment and to the next. And sometimes you just got to laugh. It's okay to it's okay to laugh. It's part of the grieving process. You need to grieve before you can heal, but it's okay to laugh while you're doing it. Hmm. I didn't wake up right after that. Some more stuff happened in a hazy sort of way as the dream began to dissolve into consciousness, but I remember him yelling "Expecto Patronum" as he punched a death eater in the face. Whoa. Because sometimes evidently you have to make your own happy memories. Aww. Someone writes, uh, Porcupine Girl says, I think Robin Williams literally visited you in your sleep from beyond in order to pass this message on to the world. Aww. I think that is sweet and crazy, and I wish my dreams were like that. I just have, like, ones where I'm flying a blimp and trying to, you know, land it on water going to our waterfall, waterfall so I don't uh, hurt anybody. Yeah. I'm saving mean, everyone else. Yeah, yours Ooh. is kind of interesting on mm-hmm. that one. I usually just have ones that end up like uh, the uh, Black Knight sketch and the Monty Python and the uh, Holy Grail. <laughs> wow. Which is a little <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, I mean, interesting is a word you could use for it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I had a dream about making a frittata. And then I woke mm. up and there was no frittata. Oh. That is awful. Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since we're on Harry Potter, uh, somebody wrote... Harry Potter books, as John Mulaney quotes. Oh, okay. John Mulaney, the uh, comedian. He also mm-hmm. does a uh, voice in Big Mouth. Yeah, he's he is an extremely funny person. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Sorcerer's Stone, it's like, I'm new in town and it gets worse. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets. We're going to frame you for murder. <laughs> Whoops. Prisoner of Azkaban. White children yelling, F the police. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> Goblet of Fire. I also don't want me to be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Order of the Phoenix. I am so horny and angry all the time. Whoa. Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> yeah, right? You have the moral back ro- backbone of a chocolate eclair. <laughs> That's to say not Not, not at all. That's the uh, one where Harry like shoots uh, Malfoy with a spell. And in my head, I just go, is that just like them telling him he's shooting Malfoy like a gun? I yeah, guess. right? Remember that scene? I'm like, wow, this is dark. <laughs> or, and Deathly Hallows, do all my friends hate me or do I need to go to sleep? Yes. I feel like that's a thing <laughs> for all of us. Wait, I have to do what now? You have to die. What? What? Huh? <laughs> huh? Uh, moving on to another meme. Uh, this is of Time Lords and Wizards on Tumblr. And this actually is another feel-good thing. We need these feel-good uh, moments. Absolutely. It says, I work at a bookstore and a few weeks ago a little black boy came in wearing a Spider-Man shirt. I asked him who his favorite Spider-Man was, and he replied, Peter Parker. I told him mine was Miles, and he didn't know who Miles was, so I took him to see the cover of the book with Miles on it. I watched a uh, look of confusion come over his face. He looked up at me and said, but he's black. I said, yeah, Spider-Man is black in these comics. His eyes got big, and he grabbed the comics from my hand and started running off and yelling, Mom, Mom, Spider-Man looks like me. Spider-Man looks like me. And someone commented, this is a wholesome post, and I'm smiling uh, very wide from uh, imagining how happy these children must have been and still are. Like, this is adorable. Represent- representation matters. Pass it on. Absolutely. See, that is fantastic. And then I, I told myself I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Uh-oh. Another post, and uh, I'm going to sing along with it. Oh, we're getting to the musical part of our episode. Yep. So I heard there was a secret chord that Data played and it pleased the Borg. But you don't really care for androids, do you? (laughs) (laughs) It goes like this, the Borg, the Sith, the crossover movie, the budget shift, and a baffled fandom crying hallelujah. What? <laughs> this was done by three people, Carissa, John, Jason, all within the comments. And I thought it was <laughs> glorious. Glorious. And, I, and one of the other comments is, okay, who's going to bite the bullet and do the whole damn song? No. No. I want the whole uh, song. No. 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 Yep. You, you don't. You don't know. No. We're getting out of here. <laughs> oh, hey, look. Oh, look at that. Oh, there's, oh, okay. there, there's a different kind of music. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> meme queen. No scene. Okay, <laughs> fine. Well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.